Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, the Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Wally, can you hear me? Wally, talk to me, man. Kid's dead. I gotta go after him. Just be careful out there. If I'm not back in five minutes... Just wait longer. No, come rescue me. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 101 of the DC Primetime Podcast from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And we are technically into our... we, We were calling it Rebirth earlier, but I don't think we've really much changed anything from last week going into this week because this week's a relatively shorter week only two episodes to talk about very little news that's out there so this is dare i say it going to be a shorter episode no it will because if we cross past 45 minutes i'm just disconnecting on the call (laughs) (laughs) very very true yeah yeah we've uh we've done a lot of podcasting over the course of the last week between uh last two weeks between my other show (laughs) some of the stuff that you do uh, then just interviews this show normally well this show alone we did four i mean we did episode 100 we did the interview with john wesley ship the interview with david harewood uh we did the state of the arrowverse which state of the arrowverse i went back and i listened to i really enjoyed that i did too i I really thoroughly thought that was that turned out very nicely and i did a beautiful job on your edits and cleaned up some of the dead air and very nicely done. Yeah, and the the audio quality was spot on. We were using a new Skype recorder, and I think going forward as part of our rebirth, I we won't do it this week because again, there's only two shows, and our conversations are gonna are gonna be relatively short for at least one of them. Um, I like the timing aspect of mm-hmm. actually having a clock running because it kind of forces us to tone the conversation a little bit. A little bit. And I think it works when we have guests still in, especially. I mean, I think, you know, the downside is there's going to be always episodes that just kind of 
catch our fancy a little bit more and we're going to probably dive into him a lot more because we just want to. But yeah. I think if we ever get to a point where we're dealing with Young Justice and, and Titans, Titans and, and, yeah. and like maybe when they added an extra day to the scheduling for CW and we're talking about six shows in one week, uh, you can guarantee that's how this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but I think I think that that laid groundwork for as the you know um, DC TV universe kind of continues to expand because yeah. uh, again it doesn't mean that Krypton or you know Gotham and stuff like that are coming into the show on a normal level at all. It's just purely um, there's it's going to be the shows that we really want to to shine here, and um, you know I I me for me like I said you know Titans is. Uh, is a book I read so much growing up and I'm so excited for it. And we'll get to some news stories today that'll bring up a reason why I think it, it, it is warranting already a slot on the show, uh, at least as it starts the same way as black lightning. Uh, it, it, it's, it's warranting a shot. So, yeah. um, a lot of new listeners, a lot of new, well, yeah. hopefully listeners, but a lot of new likes to the Facebook page, a lot of new people commenting and liking on things, which is great. Uh, a lot of that coming from the stuff that we put out over the 100th last week. So uh, for those of you that are new to listening to the podcast, obviously we want to welcome you to this. Uh, we'll go over the format as we're going through it so that you're familiar with it. And this is a good week to jump on because it is a shorter week. So once the shows return and over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll be back to full force and you'll be familiar with the format, which is cool. Yep, and then you got to remember, uh, it's going to be an hour and a half to two hours long. <laughs> yes, every... yeah. This week is only two shows, that, so you know, ordinarily it's four. So, again, good short week for you to learn the format, get comfortable with us, and go from there. But let's jump into things. Let's get these two shows knocked out of the way. Uh, only two shows this week, that being Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning, as the Flash and Arrow are on break this week. Uh, so what we will do first is we will give our one of three point ranking, that being sidekick, hero, or legend for each of the episodes, and then we will jump back in and break them down. So starting off first with Legends of Tomorrow, season three, episode 15, sidekick, hero, or legend? Uh, it's getting a legend without question. Um, man, it was so hard to not talk about that when we did the State of the Arrowverse. And we man. still did. Uh, we still did, and we we still tried to find ways to dodge around without getting too in depth. But man, that was one of the best episodes of this show yet. So yeah, this show keeps constantly getting better and better. It's a legend by far for me too. I mean, other than the fact, you know, we had the return of John Constantine, Violet Beam returned for a little cameo as Jesse Quick. So and not to mention, I mean, uh, John obviously important to the story. Jesse Quick not so much. It, just a little side thing for Wally, but it, God, the, the story itself was just phenomenal. And I can't wait till we start breaking it down because we did mention this during the state of the Arrowverse. There was one thing that happened in that episode that has been blindingly staring us in the face for the past couple weeks that for some reason we never picked up on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's pretty clear. <laughs> so, I, I think the funny thing is I think we did slightly bring it up at one point and then completely disregarded it several episodes back. Yeah. And that was it. So, um, but I, I, we, our brains went elsewhere though immediately. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that when we do the breakdown. Uh, and then of course we have black lightning season one, episode nine sidekick hero or legend. Ah, uh, really fun episode yet again. Uh, but I gotta say it's just a high hero. Yeah, same with me. I, I'd even, you know what? I'm not even going to give it a high. I'm going to give it a mid-level hero just because it was, there was some fun stuff that happened in it. But as far as story progression, to me, there wasn't really a lot. 
yeah, minimal. Um, but I, I still think you, if you want that 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 beautiful connection with the Pierce family, man, that's what this entire episode was, and I don't think that was a bad thing. No, no, not at all. All right, so let's jump back into Legends Season 3, Episode 15, titled Necromancing the Stone. When Mollus' power over Sarah resurfaces, she unwittingly becomes the bearer of one of the totems. Rory must conquer his dark side in order to wield his own totem power to help save his crew. Uh, meanwhile, Agent Sharp notices that something is wrong and the recruits uh, and recruits some someone unorthodox to help. So it says right in the description the one thing that we were talking about. Um, before we jump into this, I have to say, last week during the 100th, we were calling this one the penultimate. And I was kind of questioning that a little bit. You were saying that it was indeed the penultimate because that's what we were reading, that Constantine was going to be in the penultimate. Right. We were hearing penultimate, and it was multiple sources were saying this. It was comic book movie. It was on CBR. It was on comicbook.com. All these things. So it was very confusing. And then when we said, hey, he's also going to be in the finale, I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. So I guess his... His stuff is going to roll into two episodes, and I'm like, all right, that's that's great. They decided they wanted to add to it a little bit, which was awesome. And then all of a sudden, and I'm like, you know, when this episode ended, and I'm like, there's no way that was the penultimate. Like, it, there was big things that went down, but there was no setup. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of mentally confusing. And then we saw, oh, okay, you know, uh, all these places are like, hey, and then uh, the show wraps up in another three episodes. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm like, I, I need more of this show, and I don't want it to end on the next episode, especially what we saw for what the promo is. Um, and I'm like, how does how is that the finale? And I'm like very confused with uh, the I, Ava episode coming up next week. I so. haven't even watched the promo for next week. I tend not to watch the promos. I, I kind of go into it blindly. I saw just a tiniest little piece, uh, but the uh, episode title kind of already led me to my own thought process. So we'll get in, into that, I'm sure, in a moment or two. Yeah, but I mean, the point I was leading to is that we were calling this one the penultimate last week, and we were wrong. We were incorrect. This is actually uh, the fourth from the last episode. There are three more episodes left. And funny enough, I thought it was something they had just written in there, but it looks like it is actually the title of the episode. Have you seen what the title of the penultimate episode is? Uh, the penultimate, I forget, but I do know the finale name. We brought that up in the State of the Arrowverse. Yeah, but the penultimate is called Guest Starring John Noble. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Which I think is kind of funny. It's a, it's uh -huh. a little bit of break in the fourth wall just for the show. Uh, if you're not familiar, John Noble is doing the voice of Malice in yes. this season. So. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's jump into things. Obviously, we did see the return of John Constantine come back, which is always fun anytime that happens. And I think we'll have a little bit of news about that Um later on in the podcast and we could talk about that a little bit what that means but um yeah we got the return not the return i think this is the first time we've seen demon sarah yeah so, um yeah we we kind of saw this version of nora dark uh, a couple episodes again at the end of uh what was it daddy darkest uh where we it, it's that infamous line i'm gonna go kick my own ass you know yeah uh, when we see Nora really hardcore shift at the end of the episode, and we haven't seen the dark since that moment. Uh, that was the last time we saw him. We saw that little tease about Garad at the end of that episode, and even we haven't seen that play out quite yet either. Uh, we do know that's coming up soon, but not quite yet. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of stuff in this episode that was pretty damn awesome. We see, obviously, last week's episode, where we see the box of the Death Totem shaking from uh, the Amazing Grace episode. Yes, And uh, that calling to Sarah, the very beginning of this episode, kind of a continuing moment 
uh, and her deciding to take up the death totem, which turns her all kinds of cray cray. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, I, I think the only negative I can say about this episode was uh, the makeup on Sarah made her look very much like a glam version of Silver Banshee. Um, <laughs> and just the way that they contoured the makeup on her, it looked really like a, a lot like Italia Ricci. Uh, and her version of that character in Supergirl, if you made it back in the 1980s and she was a member of Twisted Sister. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it that way either. It kind of did. Between the acid watch jeans, the white t-shirt with the vein work going up them, those little things just screamed in a weird way. And I'm like, I know she's kind of a badass and she's she's kind of terrifying, but this looks a little weird. And I would have maybe went a different direction. But you know what? It didn't it didn't impact the, the quality of the episode one bit. Oh, no, no, not at all. I mean, and, you know, we saw uh, with everything that was going on with Sarah, there was a lot of cool things that came out of this. It, we see a little bit of a glimpse of I mean, first off, you did mention Nora Dark and we do get her into in this episode within the mind of Sarah, Sarah and Nora talking to each other, talking to each other, which makes me think. Because we do know that Malice, uh, as of right now, in her um, embodies uh, Nora Dark. We know that he's kind of in the mind of Sarah at the same time. So I am assuming there's a connection there that whoever he possesses, uh, you can make a connection. Well, we also did see a couple episodes back, though, too, that the spirit totem, which belonged to Vixen, that's now uh, connected to Nora, um, when they said basically, you know, now that it's in the hands of evil, it's kind of turned into this negative space now. And I'm wondering if it's because it's those are the two uh, totems owned by Team Evil right now uh, that they're now connected uh, with Mollus at some point or say way or shape or form. So that could be it, but you're right. It could also be because of, uh, just people I think that are now connected to Mollus. Yeah. So. We did see the return of a couple characters in this episode. We did see the return of Henry Haywood, which is Nate's grandfather. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, commander steel. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is the person that Mollus had forced Nate to see. We saw Zari's, I think it's her little brother. Right, uh, who was her older brother that initially when he died uh, in the future. Uh, and it's that fate that she's trying to change for herself. Yes. You know, we did see her haunted by him. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, too, a Violent Queen making her reappearance as Jesse Quick, uh, Jesse Wells. Yes. Uh, kind of showing that herself to Wally. And uh, Sarah seeing Sarah as the Black Canary because, sure. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only person who really didn't see anybody as far as which would have been great if we had another cameo from Wentworth Miller. If we got to see a little bit of uh, Captain Cold come back for to haunt Mick. But we did see a big moment for Mick out of this. And it's more of a there was one thing that kind of threw me a little bit in this episode was it almost they played it off, I think, a little too uh, opposite ends of the spectrum in that the beginning of this episode they made it almost seemed like Mick wanted nothing to do with anything that was going on yeah um you know which isn't necessarily Mick's personality he's I mean yeah he'll, he'll go he'll do what he's supposed to do but he's never really turned a job down like he was doing in this episode I understand why they did it because by the end of this episode we see the moment that we were discussing earlier uh in that we were saying for a couple of weeks now, the fire totem would be welded, wielded by Jax. 
This would be the return of Jax and Jax becoming Firestorm again, which in essence could still happen. Yeah. But for right now, Mick is the totem bearer of the fire totem. How did we not... Again, this was something that was literally staring us right in the face, slapping us in the face at the same time. <laughs> like, he's Heat Wave. Why would he not bear the fire totem? Right. And I think the writers had played it off so well that we just didn't see it. Well, we were all waiting for Jax to come back. Yeah. And we all knew Jax was coming back very soon. So, you know, it was the big question of how all of this was going to go down, how all this was going to happen. You know, we see, you know, Ray uh, out of commission for almost 95% of this episode. He does the cold fusion reaction that we see set up again, Daddy Darkest episode, a couple episodes back on how to repair the fire totem. Uh, and he is successful in this, re reforms the, t the totem itself, but gets knocked unconscious in the process. Now, see, I took uh, that as in that was Sarah's doing. I didn't uh, take well, that as in that was the... Sarah, Sarah's doing as well. I think it was part explosion, and then Sarah came in after the fact. So Okay. So, But, yeah, Ray has had a rough go these past couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Between... And I think... I was gonna say between being kidnapped and now this explosion and and being knocked out by Sarah, because if you see his reaction when he sees Sarah again at the end of the episode, that's what led me to believe that whatever doing that knocked him out, that was Sarah. That wasn't the explosion. Yeah, because the totem was fixed. Yeah, it was it was repaired. It's kind of like I like that they leave it kind of open until the end, because you don't see it all go down. You just they just find Ray. Yeah. Um. But you know, like I said. It's, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Or column B being Sarah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But I got to say, though, too, it's kind of funny. In the last couple episodes, I, I'm sure most people that watch the show have noticed uh, Brandon Routh uh, definitely seeing a lot of gray in him uh, in, in his uh, in, in his temples uh, that are, are coming through his hair very heavily <laughs> in these last couple episodes. Not that that's a bad thing at all. Uh, it's very distinguished with Brandon Routh, I think. Oh, yeah, but, uh, absolutely. And it, it's you, funny. You notice it more and more as his hair gets longer in the show. So. And it makes me wonder, though, because could that be something intentionally that they're doing? Because as an actor, you very easily dye your hair if you don't want that scene. Uh, you I, know, tattoos are covered with makeup, things like that. If he's starting to show gray, either the writers really don't care and Brown and Brandon doesn't care either, or there's something maybe deep-seated in that. I think it's column A. I, I think it's purely... He's the, just letting it go. and He's just letting it go, and the writer's like, cool. And if it's really noticeable next season, they'll probably die. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. More than likely. Uh, but you know what? Hey, whatever. Not a big. Uh, but I think the one thing that we haven't really gotten to, like I said, you mentioned you know, Mick finally wielding that fire totem, which was all kinds of amazing. Oh, my God. Again, um, like uh, when that moment happened, when, you know, when... Um, when Amaya was talking to, Na uh, to talking to Mick about being the one, you know, whether he likes it or not, he's a hero and he has to be the one to, to wield this totem. Uh, the moment he held it or put it on and you see that fire, you see like the, the red veins going through him. You, you could have, you wouldn't have been able to measure the smile on my face. I know I got pure chills that moment. And then like the moment, you know, you see him just ignite his hand you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so ready for this fight to go down. And then um, at the end, when he's sitting there staring at his hand on fire, mm -hmm. and Constantine's just like, well, while we're at it, and lights a cigarette off yeah. the fire in his hand. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just awesome. I just loved it. 
Uh, one that's a that's one other thing we didn't bring up though too. Like we we saw one other character take a totem in this episode, but was unable and unsuccessful in using it. That was uh, Nate. Nate having the Earth totem, and in hopes of being able to use that to kind of help take down the Death totem. Um, and we see him very much laid out in this. And the only reason he was still alive was Ava, Constantine, and good old Gary uh, <laughs> coming to save the day. Uh, as Ava and Constantine team up in this episode with Gary, of course, as we mentioned before. Uh, and Gary, you know what? Uh, MVP of this episode for the very sweet Bebo socks. Yes. Um, and Constantine's beautiful job, again, bringing up the fact that at one point in time, he brought life into Bebo just to have a conversation with him. I want to um, see that episode. I just want, even if this is a cutting room <laughs> sequence or a commercial or an extended like online bit, man, that needs to happen. Yes. Um, <laughs> praise be unto Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Bebo come to life because of John Constantine. Uh, I think they, I could see them still do it. So, uh, but yeah, I know, like I said, you know, Constantine really just kind of helped doing a little bit of guiding, guiding people to the situation, helping uh, get Ava on board the wave rider and trying to help kind of stop what was happening. Uh, once Ava kind of connects to Sarah on, on, uh, on the call. And sees that something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Or no, not on the call. It's when she ported onto the ship. Yeah. Um, so well, uh, well, she didn't. I don't think she ported onto the ship. Oh, no. I think it, she was just was projecting. Yeah. It was. It was the projection on, onto the ship, and yes. then it was later uh, where we see uh, her on the ship uh, where she's leaving. Yes. Um. So yeah, like I said, we do see that in her going in and finding John. Um. And I think you know the the beautiful thing is. You can see why Constantine's going to fit into the show um, wonderfully in the finale, and we'll get into the other part in the news. But yeah, it's man, it's just been just so much fun to have him around. But Gary actually has some of the best moments of this episode. Uh, he does this beautiful job where he's kind of helping her come to the realization of how to stop Sarah with the death totem. And it was the idea of another totem is going to be the thing that stops everything uh, by kind of regaling back to a D&D campaign. And the beautiful thing is he has this great moment going through the characters one by one and what their classes were. And it was just so much fun. And like that was this just brought a smile to my face. Absolutely. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, there was a little bit of a heartbreak in this episode, too, in that we uh, the newly formed relationship between Sarah and Ava uh, seems to be over already at this point. Now, that could change next week with the I, Ava episode. I have not, again, have not watched any of the promos, so I don't know what's going to happen with this. Something tells me this is going to repair itself before the end of this season. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll explain that joke later. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, But yeah, no, you're right. Um, I I think there's a high chance that that can still turn out in a positive way. It's just the question of how. Um, And I think we'll this tonight, actually, Monday night, uh, will give us a good answer on how that may happen. So very curious on that one. Uh, But the episode gets wrapped up in a nice tight little bow, Uh, you know, basically. No real heavy movement as far as anything yet with the big bads. Um, you know, we only see these tiny little pieces. The Death Totem is put back in its box. Uh, we now have a new fire bearer, uh, fire totem bearer. For by, now. 
for Mick. Yeah. Uh, and it's just kind of onward and upward at this point in time. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the breakup between Eva and Sarah. Uh, but it leaves us with one of my favorite moments of an episode ever. And that is cutting to the end of the episode with Gary talking about <laughs> D&D and going and throws the dice up in the air. And then you see John Constantine reach out and, you know, begin his his quest of D&D with Gary, which was just Awesome. Yes. And very much setting up potential future, maybe with the legends. Yeah, so. I, th- I, th- I think so as well. Um, and, uh, you know, as Ava does say at one point in this episode, D&D does not count, Gary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lot of great moments from this episode, a lot more with John Constantine. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it has been a while since I've seen the original series, but I think the person that haunted constantine is a callback to the show that was on cbs yes it's a callback to that but also the traditional classic hellblazer it is the girl that john couldn't save yes uh that caused him to sell his soul yeah, um, yeah. so you know it's it's that connection to everything in the constantine lore so that was it and you even hear sarah's like would you have actually sold us out? Or it wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was Constantine or not, but it, or Ava. It was like, would you have sold us out for this? And he was like, absolutely. And I have to say, no. too, looking looking at the cast, uh, the voice of the girl Astra is indeed the voice from the show Constantine. It's, nice this, it's the same actress. Yeah, so that was a really cool callback to the original Constantine, which ties it even together nicely, which makes me even more look forward to next season. So, But we'll talk about that uh, towards the end. All right, so let's, uh, why don't you wrap this up? Tell us what we're going to see next week. Yep, looking forward to next week, a.k.a. tonight, this week. Uh, further episode titled I, Ava, which, holy hell, that can't be right. IMDB has this has next week's episode, tonight's episode, listed at a 9.9 out of 10. Huh. I, the episode hasn't even aired yet. Well, it's actually technically airing as we speak, so I don't know if that's true. That might just be something that's that's been done uh but yeah sarah and ray set out to find ava when she disappears and the time bureau agent gary reveals a disturbing truth about her so yeah i haven't watched the promo like i said um i'm just gonna watch the episode when it uh, i can tell you there's a lot of clones of ava <laughs> it's all over it's all over so when you said to prepare i'm like are they robotic clones so. <laughs> oh okay that's sorry that's a dad joke even though i'm not a dad so <laughs> i do have to say too um you know i've mentioned heroes and villains a couple times and it's very cool to see as they announce more guests for upcoming shows that they have just started announcing courtney ford as a guest which i think is long overdue because they've had brandon for a while they've had neil mcdonough it, it's only fair that if you're going to bring in Italia Ricci as a guest who played Silver Banshee in, what, two episodes, who's Robbie Amell's wife, as who was Firestorm, it's only fair that you bring in Courtney Ford, who's Brandon Routh's wife. and Because she has a much more predominant role in these shows than Italia ever did. Right. Very so, true. So. All right. Yep. Black Lightning. Next show, Black Lightning, Season 1, Episode 9, titled "Little Black" or Book of Little Black Lies. Following the latest killing, Black Lightning tries to clear his name as he hunts down the person responsible for his father's death, while tensions remain high between him and Gamby. Uh, so again, another episode this week in which no Tobias Church. So, or Tobias Whale. Tobias Whale, no Lala. So really no protagonists in this episode. This is more a family building episode. 
Yeah, uh, you see a little bit with the agency, uh, the ASA, uh, uh, but that's it. It, it. Just a little, little tiny piece of that, and a little slice of that. This is all about really Jennifer coming to terms with uh, the fact that she has powers and going to Anissa, and Anissa kind of just fucking things up a little bit. Sorry for the language, uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't know a better way to put it. Uh, just kind of saying, boom, guess what? Dad's Black Lightning. I have powers, too. We've been keeping this from you. Oops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way that played out. Um, uh, but you know what? I, I think all in all, though, the way that a lot of this went down this week um, was beautifully done. I, I think they did a really great job of this. There was, um, As I was watching this with my wife, um, Jennifer and Lynn have this really beautiful moment uh, in this conversation uh, on the couch later in the, the episode after they already talked once, which we'll get to that because that's probably the most interesting piece of detail there that we have to kind of break down just a little bit. But uh, – Jennifer brings things up kind of interesting. It's like, can I even have kids? Can I do this? It's like, you know what? You can't say everything's going to be okay. Uh, the fact that dad is black lightning is the reason that you guys aren't together anymore. You can't say everything's fine. Everything's just okay. Um, and the way that she brought this up was the best way I could say. If there was a lot of interesting analogies, you could look at this or, you know, kind of, you know, alter altered looks. This is kind of like somebody that is dying of a disease the way that it was kind of addressed and brought up. Like there was a lot of interesting kind of parallels that you could have pulled from because even the way that they discussed it didn't have to just be about being having powers. This could correlate to a lot of different things in a major way, the way that Jennifer reacted to it. Um, and I think the way that that was written was really very beautiful. Uh, it really came across like a way that somebody used the end of their life, like being terminal. Um, so I think they did a really beautiful job writing writing that moment. And I think that was the moment of this episode that really shined above every other moment. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you got you got to see a little bit of a lot, a little bit of the opposite side of the spectrum. I mean, if, if for the most part, every other show that we've seen where somebody finds that they have powers, it's OK, what can I do good with these? What can I do bad with these? But Jennifer really did show another side of that, as you mentioned, you know, with the, can I have kids and things like that? Those are sides of these superhero abilities, metahuman abilities or whatever they are, that we've never really heard discussed before. And it even brings to light how real and real life this show really is. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in the uh, the State of the Arrowverse when we talk about Black Lightning. So uh, instead of rehashing it here, go back and listen to 100.3, I think. It's 100. Uh, yeah, 100.3. 100.3 uh, and check that out because I, I think what we say there is is we're not going to do a better justice than having four people pretty much mimic the same thought um, and really kind of hammer in those points. But again, to a quick sum up is the show just handles social issues, whether it is things about race or things like that or even now something like this on on viewing being a meta uh, as, as something kind of that you've only really seen with like things like X-Men, you know, uh, so I think. You know, this was just handled flawlessly as usual. The show consistently just wows me on the way that it handles this subject matter. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there was a, one other thing that we we kind of did bring up during the State of the Arrowverse address, uh, one episode one hundred point three from last week, and we could talk about it a little bit more. In when we first heard it, we took it as one thing, but when we discussed it, all four of us together on that podcast on that episode we kind of realized it could be something completely different. And that's the fact that both Vixen and Supergirl are mentioned in 
in this episode. When we first heard them, we kind of immediately click, clicked and took it as in like, oh, now we have evidence that this these this show exists in the Arrowverse. Uh, you know, this is a part of the Arrowverse, whether it's a different Earth or whatever. But in discussing it a little bit further, you know, during the State of the Arrowverse, we did take it in a different way in that they could, in essence, be looking at those characters in existence as in they are comic book characters or they are television right. show characters the same way that we look at them every week. And this universe really is completely separate from right. everything and else. Which is beautiful, and I think it was wise for them to do that because they said, no, 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 uh, you can view that as, yes, this is part of the Arrowverse or maybe a one of the other Earths on the multiverse and where Supergirl and Vixen are on the same planet. Or you could view it the way that when we first met Grace, uh, when she was with Anissa, uh, her having an Outsiders book. you know. Uh, so it, it's something that's kind of great about this is they leave it so open that you it's open for interpretation. But it's built there that if they want to say, hey, this is essentially Earth Prime, uh, hint, hint, how we got our one of our names for this show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Earth Prime being the world or the Earth where there's only one hero. Uh, and if maybe in the DC TV side, if Earth Prime is the only is the world where there's only a small handful of heroes, maybe that's the case. Uh, you know, you see in DC, Earth Prime is where Superboy Prime is from. And he's reading about the heroes like Superman and Batman as comic book characters. So, yeah, um, it, it's it's an interesting way to look at this. So that's very much a possibility. It could be a nod, but it could also be. The hope that we have based on where they decide and if things decide to continue next season, it's just nobody knows. So I think it's better not to speculate forward. But it was it was a great name drop that makes us a little excited. But also, we still don't know anything at the same time. Yeah, leave it as vague as you did and make everybody just kind of think about it and wonder where they're going to go with it. And in essence, if you think about it, it could technically be a little bit of both. These mm-hmm. They're referencing these characters as comic book characters or television show characters, but if they do decide to bring it into the Arrowverse, they could have these ar- these characters from another Earth crossover, and you know now Jennifer and Anissa are, well, like, wait a minute, you guys actually exist? You know, and, and kind of in that sense. So it, it could, in essence, be a little bit of bo- both, but I think you're right. I think leaving it, leaving it vague is very much the best way to, 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 mm-hmm. to take care of this. Yeah, um, I think the last real piece to talk about in this episode is uh, the full debut of Thunder uh, and her costume at this point, um, which was uh, man, that suit looks great. That looks great in action. It does. Um, I'm still very curious as to what some of the features of the suit are, uh, because we do know that, you know, Black Lightning's abilities come from him and he we know what some of his suit suit enhancements are. But we don't really know what some of Anissa's suits suit enhancements are yet. We 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 got a little bit of a tease that what what one of them might be, and then it turned out no, it was just she took lip reading lessons, so she <laughs> so she was able to do it. Um, so yeah, so I, I the suit does look great, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what again what kind of features this suit yeah. has. As we uh, and forward. I think more. Yeah, more and more, I, I like I said, my final thought, I think, on this is uh, I have a feeling I know where the finale is going uh, officially after this episode. And I think it's going to be we're going to see Jennifer forced to hero up alongside Anissa to save Black Lightning from Tobias Whale. OK, um, uh, there's one other thing I did want to bring up. Um, 
in that we and, and I'll I'll make this quick. Uh, we did see a little bit of a relationship between uh, um, Detective Henderson and Black Lightning reestablished. So it's almost like a Batman Commissioner Gordon relationship right now. Yeah, but, a lot more of that this time. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's still wanted, but at least Henderson knows the truth about everything mm-hmm. now. So that's again what I make the comparison between Commissioner Gordon and Batman, and that when Gotham City's after Batman. Gordon's still on his side. Um, but there was one moment in this show that kind of threw me, in this episode, that kind of threw me a little bit. There's the scene where um, Jefferson and Anissa are trying to intimidate the one lawyer to give to get the information. They're in the Barack Obama and Michelle Obama masks, which I thought was a great scene. I thought it was very funny. But um, there's the particular, in that scene where Jefferson shows the lightning bolt in his hand as kind of a threat. Now, there aren't many people in that town that can do yeah. that. <laughs> I agreed. And that's one of the things I'm like, uh, you, you kind of you just never... gave yourself away who you are. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, but, you know, they did mention there's metas around, so we know that earlier, so it could be whatever. And it's a question of how many people have really seen Black Lightning up close aside from thugs. So it's a big wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That just kind I, of. I, it was one of the only things that really set awkward with me. But I think, again, yeah, I, for me, again, high hero. Uh, but there was really no massive, massive forward of momentum. Uh, it was a more of a slowed down relationship episode with the Pierce family, which I absolutely love that part of the show. Uh, but I think moving beyond it when it broke away from that uh, what we saw with them heroing up this week uh, didn't feel like it did much uh, no. it didn't really take move as forward into any interesting steps yet so no uh, looking forward to next week though the, the description synopsis for next week's episode is more of the same uh, after the latest killing black lightning works to clear his name and hunt down those involved in the death of his father so it seems like that's pretty much what the 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 basis of what the rest of the season of this is going to be uh tobias whale and lala both uh listed for next week as well as will which was jennifer's boyfriend so we're gonna possibly see maybe a little bit more progression with his character at this point mm-hmm. going next week so uh who knows but yeah the next week we'll again it's the same synopsis as the past three weeks so um n- not really knowing what what's gonna come with this <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I regardless, I'm I'm still thoroughly enjoying the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're we're four episodes away from the finale at this point. Yeah. Uh, but in addition to Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning, Arrow does return this week, so we'll get back into discussions about Arrow next week, which is Easter weekend, and we'll see how that goes after the mm-hmm. way things have been lately with that. Uh, but that's gonna wrap it up for the show portion of that of this of this episode. So, Rob, I will turn it over to you, and you can bring us what's some of the latest news in the world of DC. All right, let's head over into the DCEU, and this is just breaking from this evening, actually. Uh, Diane Nielsen, uh, who is the head of DC Entertainment, uh, or sorry, Diane Nelson, not Nielsen. Uh, Diane Nelson uh, is taking an extended leave of absence from the company. This has nothing to do with any of the recent shakeups. This is purely for a series of personal situations. Uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment CEO Kevin Chisahara 
did share the news earlier today. Uh, this was around 3 o'clock Eastern time when this broke and did state that Thomas Gawecki, uh, who is, serves as the chief digital officer and the executive VP of strategy and business development, is going to step up and take over as the interim DC uh, executive uh, management. Uh, and then in addition to that, Dan DiDio, or sorry, Dan DiDio, um, heard it mentioned way too many different ways. Dan DiDio, Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, and uh, Amet Desai are going to continue to run the company's normal day-to-day. So um, pretty much from what it sounds like, uh, as officially as of Monday, April 2nd, is when Diane will be stepping down for uh, for the um, long-term future, potentially. Uh, it sounds like a, a lot of this has to do a lot with family, so I wouldn't be surprised, potentially, if this is health reasons. So uh, our uh, our thoughts are with her, just in case that this is anything uh, uh, very dire for either her or her family. So we, we we're hoping that she rests up well and is able to come back uh, when she's ready, because she doesn't just run uh, just the she doesn't just run movies. She's the person that runs DC as a as the comic book company as well. So yeah. um, so uh, our uh, our hopes out to her. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, and let's not forget too. You know, Zack Snyder went through this as well during the filming of Justice League. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this seems to be the case that you know when you when you do it, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, uh, jumping into a little thing that came out just the other day from David Ayer, uh, he did talk a little bit more about Joker's original role for Suicide Squad. Uh, and this is the first time he officially came out and he said, you know, there is that trailer where everybody sees the Joker covered in ash. Uh, he said, this is officially what it was. It was uh, after Joker dropped Harley Quinn from the, helico- uh, the helicopter and crashed. And Chantress actually makes him a deal to join up with her. And he was simply going to take the deal. And his uh, goal would be he gets to take Harley Quinn home. And he gets to have Gotham all to himself. Uh, Harley, basically, at the end of this situation, stands up to Joker and refuses to betray uh, the squad, and uh, the squad all completely turns on him, and he escapes. And that's how his role actually would have been, so we wouldn't have saw the jailbreak at the end. So, uh, so slightly different, and there would have been some additional scenes, they said, in addition to. So, I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, I kind of like the way that it just ended. Uh, again, Suicide Squad, fun, uh, and, you know, simple, but it's a fun fun popcorn movie that I'll go back to every once in a while. Still has a killer soundtrack. Yeah, so. oh yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump into a little stuff going on with Aquaman. Uh, earlier this week, we did not report this because it is a rumor. We try to avoid the ones that just say, in all caps, rumor, um, when, when we come to news stories. Sometimes we try to report on stuff that at least sounds somewhat credible. Um, right now, I have no idea where this stands because just a couple weeks back, we mentioned that there was early test screenings of Aquaman, and a ton of different people came out and said, this was an excellent movie. A couple of days ago, we just heard the absolute opposite. Um, so right now we have two massively conflicting reports. There's not a lot of sources on either side. Uh, but we did hear this really quick from James Wan today. And he says, look, guys, he's like, this is a one of three part thing that happened on Twitter. He's like, hey, friends, I usually do my uh, do my best to avoid Internet noises, especially fabricated distractions. But a teaser trailer uh, going out this weekend at WonderCon was never in the books. A lot of people were wondering about that this past week. Despite what some claim, it's not because anyone or any nefarious reasons holding it back, uh, holding it back. It's purely me. I'm simply not ready to yet to share. The movie is filled to the gills with VFX, and the process is slow and laborious as a sea slug. Yes, even shots for the trailer take forever to do. And I refuse to put anything out that might be considered as and or constructed as subpar. 
I know it can seem like nothing much is brewing above the surface, but I can assure you we're working nonstop underneath the waves. And P.S. Yes, I do plan to use as much oceanographic puns and references every chance I get on Twitter. I was going to say, you said filled to the gills. (laughs) uh, So, but again, not directly addressing that, but it sounds like more than likely nothing is coming out. And more than likely, if there are things out there, that means there's barely any VFX done because that means there's not even enough done to do a trailer. So I think a movie that's built purely on effects, I don't know why they would be screening films uh, versions of that film. Uh, it seems very confusing to me. So, But who knows? All uh, right, jumping over into a film that could have been. That being the version of Justice League called Justice League Mortal by legendary director George Miller. From everybody knows very very well uh, from things like Mad Max uh, and then uh, the more recent Mad Max Fury Road uh, in addition to warm and cuddly things like Happy Feet uh, he was originally going to do a Justice League film we did see that there was a costume test done a couple weeks ago that were shots of the stand-in for Superman in almost a full blue Union suit uh, with the classic Red S we did see the rest of the JSA. If you check out our page on Facebook, that's facebook.com slash DC primetime. If you skim down a couple things, you can see shots of a very proto, uh, well, bear in mind too, a very grainy photo with that, but a very proto weird looking Batman, a very, very blue Superman, <laughs> um, a very traditional looking Flash, a very, by the numbers, uh, 90s minus the long hair Aquaman, uh, a traditional looking Wonder Woman, a fairly decent. Martian Manhunter and a very classic looking Green Lantern. So, uh, but like I said, everything looked okay. I think somebody said it best was this looks like a very low budget kind of George Corman uh, or, uh, you know, version of the Fantastic Four Justice League when you look at those suits together. So uh, just be happy because that's something that we could have had. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, All right. Jumping over into a little bit of Shazam talk. We did see the official poster come out just uh, late last week. But uh, we did see Danny Garcia, who is the rep for Henry Cavill, tweet out a shot of a silhouette of somebody standing on set. It says, who is this man? What are we saying? What are we planning? Oh, it's good. And you'll thank me later. Uh, That very much looks like a Superman. (laughs) So standing on the set of Shazam. So I have a feeling we're going to see something very soon or maybe here officially very shortly. All right, jumping into some TV stuff. Actually, you know what? We'll do the one other tiny movie thing because it is DCEU adjacent as Teen Titans go to the movies. There's a new spot out there that does some beautiful mocking and throws some shade at the Green Lantern <laughs> film. Uh, that is also up on our Facebook page. If you get a chance, it's only 30 seconds long, but quite amusing. Uh, all right, now let's head over to TV. Uh, <laughs> first things first, uh, in the Legends of Tomorrow news, this happened late, late last week. It sounds like that John Constantine will be joining as a series regular in season four. But the caveat is that is depending on if season four gets picked up Uh, at this point in time. CW's TV series for all of DC have yet to all been renewed for next season. More than likely, they all have been, but they have not made that announcement yet. Uh, CW actually has not announced anything for any of their shows for next season as of yet more than likely to help accommodate the new fifth day of broadcasting or sixth day of broadcasting was Sunday joining the lineups now. So I'm sure they're trying to figure out how best to handle their scheduling. So I think we'll, it's, it's going to be uh, probably coming very, very soon that we'll hear. Yeah. Um, aside from that in TV realms, uh, we did see a little interesting call sheet come out about Titans just the other day. Uh, and that was 
kind of interesting because somebody did a beautiful job shooting some confidential stuff that said very clearly interior Bruce's penthouse living room interior Bruce's penthouse bathroom interior Bruce's penthouse bathroom interior Bruce's penthouse computer room so obviously we know we're going to be in Bruce Wayne's either current new penthouse or maybe at a different location during uh, Titan. So maybe that means we are indeed going to see Bruce Wayne make an appearance, or it's just going to be a stand-in location uh, with no Bruce Wayne. So it's a wait and see. But I thought it was kind of amusing that the head titles for the show, uh, instead of calling it Titans at the top, it says Freebirds. <laughs> so that's uh, one of those code names they were probably. It is probably using. absolutely. But uh, yeah, so um, very interesting, though, that we do see a lot of that. And we did see what it sounds like the Titans base. They refer to it as the Asylum, Uh, not Arkham Asylum, because it says like the game room Asylum, you know, Rory's bedroom being out, you know, uh, all these little things or not Rory's uh, Corey's bedroom. It's just kind of hard to make out some of the details because it's really small print (laughs) and Gar's room, like obviously Garfield and all that. So uh, for Beast Boy, so. Uh, but yeah, so we definitely know uh, we're, we're going to be seeing a lot more soon. It doesn't give us an episode ni- uh, number that they were shooting, but it more than likely, uh, my guess is they're probably in the middle of shooting episode uh, probably nine or ten by this point. Uh, because a couple of weeks ago, we saw the Jason Todd uh, casting rumors that were happening the other week. And that was when they were in the middle or at the end of shooting episode seven. Uh, last but not least for news stories this week is we now have the uh, official casting for the Death of Superman animated film, which is based off of the 90s story. Uh, And we do know Jerry O'Connell will be coming back again to play Superman now for the fourth time in the animated realm. Uh, Lois Lane will be played by Rebecca Romaine. And Rian Wilson from The Office in Star Trek Discovery is playing Lex Luthor. Uh, In addition to that... That's kind of cool. I like that that casting. Good casting. Uh, Jane the Virgin's Rosario Dawson joining again, once again, as Wonder Woman. She's done this role a couple times now. Uh, Nathan Fillion coming back as Green Lantern yet again. It's been a while since we've heard him in the animated. And then uh, Covered Affairs, Kristen Gorham is uh, Flash. Uh, Matt Lanter as Aquaman. Sherman Moore from SWAT as Cyborg. And uh, Jason O'Mara who played the Patriot and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returning as Batman yet again. And then we're also seeing Rocky Carroll of NCIS playing Cyborg's father. And Patrick Fabian uh, from Better Call Saul is voicing Hank Henshaw. So, um, so yeah, um, more on everything of that, I'm sure, very soon. There's still a couple small clippets out there, so if you want to check them out. Uh, but that does it for the news this week. Cool. Uh, so yeah, so let's make a couple quick recommendations if we have any, and then we'll do our cheap plugs and we can get out of here. Uh, so I, as far as recommendations go, obviously we want you to check out a lot of the stuff that we did last week with our interview with John Wesley Ship, David Harwood, uh, the State of the Arrowverse uh, podcast that we did with with Shad and Paul, two uh, listeners of the podcast who came back to join us, and of course the hundredth episode that we did last week, which was discussing the shows of last week. Uh, but on top of that, there's a comic book that there's a new novel, graphic novel that I plan to check out, and that is Green Lantern uh, Earth One, Volume One, which apparently is a new origin story to Hal Jordan. So I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's a multiverse. So it's similar to the other ones they've done recently. So yeah. uh, it, it's a standalone read, so you don't need to have any 
old knowledge, this is a good jumping on point for just a fun, quick, small read. That's uh, exactly why to, I'm going to read it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for me, my big one, and we'll talk about it this coming week. Uh, we're going to make this short this week, so no goth or Krypton talk this week. We'll do that next week. Uh, but next week, we'll also talk some uh, finale of Telltale's Batman, which comes out tomorrow. That's my recommendation for this week. So if you have it. Uh, get to playing tonight because uh, episode five comes out on the 27th, the day this releases. So that is it for me. Uh, yeah, I would play that tomorrow, but we're doing something else tomorrow. So we are. We'll, and... we'll be playing that. Yep. So, uh, But yeah, so cheap plugs and we'll get out of here. You can check me out on my other podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network, which is the Showcast Spotlight, which is our celebrity interview podcast, which is going to be jumping back into starting a new season next week, welcoming our first guest of the season, uh, who is actually a return guest, uh, Dana DiLorenzo from Ash vs. Evil Dead is coming back on to the podcast to do another one-on-one with me. She's uh, she's a good buddy of mine, so I love uh, chatting with her and I'm looking forward to her kicking off the season. Uh, next level radio online.com is the website for the podcast network, facebook.com slash next level radio online. And of course the Facebook page for this podcast, facebook.com slash DC primetime. We of course want to hear your opinions about anything that we have, which is why we have the DC primetime voicemail, which you can reach at 888-247-5380. Again, 1-888-247-5380. Toll free in the U.S. and Canada. Give us a call and leave us a message. And as for me, you can always check me out at the Captain Crew Cast of Pods, also at nextlevelradioonline.com. Our last episode was all about musicals in the geeky world that uh, they uh, definitely protrude. <laughs> so, uh, But uh, we are doing our next episode probably in a couple of quick weeks. Uh, and this one's going to be Ready Player One. And that is talking about the 80s and 90s pop culture and how it shaped a generation. In addition to a review of the book and a review of the movie. So wait. I am very excited about that one. So uh, that will be coming up in just a couple of weeks. So tune in for that. And a good special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, he is the person that just wonderfully just allows us to use those tunes each and every week. So make sure you head over to his site. Check out the rest of his stuff he does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with that being said, that's going to call it for this episode of DC Primetime. Of course, we want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, thank you for posting, commenting, all that you do, being a part of the community online. And of course, we encourage you to share everything that we do, whether it's the stories or the podcast itself. Uh, next week, again, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and the Return of Arrow, as well as some Krypton Talk and uh, Bat- Telltale Batman I don't know if we'll do both. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll do one or the other. We'll see. Yeah. We'll figure it out. (laughs) If not both. We'll we'll see how time... Game time falls. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, But until next week, we hope you guys have a great Easter, since you will not hear us again until after Easter. Uh, But until that time, we'll see you around the bend. Take care. Peace.